1: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun
2: ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you.
3: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality.
4: Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Uh, I will not be hosting today. But my name is Matt. Uh, joined in the Hi, studio. Matt. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> Joining the <laughs> studio, as always, was Ken interrupting my intro. And Neil and Jeff, how are you guys doing today?
1: Trying to sit here quietly and not interrupt you. Sorry. Mm. I'm sorry, guys.
4: Jump the gun. I'll go sit in the corner. Well, he asked for decaf, and I don't know if uh, Neil actually
5: got him the decaf.
1: Did you do the old switcheroo? Well, back when I was at... One was being really mean no, and called can't say name, back at the coffee conglomerate when people were being <laughs> a very different mean. one than Matt works out. I would sometimes give them decaf. Never the other way around because some people have heart conditions and yeah. whatnot, but sometimes they're being very, very extra and mean. Give them a little decaf. They can just deal there with it. There was
4: this man who said that he had a special stick that would tell him if it was decaf or not, so he would always test it at the window to make sure that we didn't give him decaf. You know what Christian He's Bale says to arrested. that guy,
1: Ken? Good for you. Yes, it's good for him. So uh, all the uh, decaf antics uh, notwithstanding, we have uh, two very special guests today. Our first guest is going to be hosting the game. You might remember her from the Bloodsport tournament, uh, which we may have some announcements about that coming soon uh, for another season, but uh, we're very happy to welcome her back. She's a savage superstar on Patreon, which we very much appreciate, and that is Jody Steele. How are you, Jody?
0: Good, guys. How are you all doing?
1: Doing well. Uh, Tell us uh, what you've been up to, and for those that may not remember you on Bloodsport, uh, what you're up to.
0: Uh, Well, you probably don't remember me because I was eliminated first. So uh, (laughs) I didn't stick around very long. Listen, Um, someone
4: has to be first. It's okay. And you made a big impression. Someone has to
0: be it. (laughs) Uh, So still live in Rhode Island, um, still work for a giant ISP corporation that I won't name. Um, It's been a pandemic, so I haven't been up to too much. Just trying to not catch COVID and stay inside and stay safe, hopefully, like you guys too.
1: (laughs) We're trying. We're trying. That's where we're just kind of holed up in the studio with uh, no air. That's true. <laughs> it is very hot in here, but uh, we're so happy to have you back and, and you wrote today's game. Uh, before we get to it, is there any uh, surprises or is it going to be pretty straightforward? Are we are we in for something real hard here?
0: Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't think it's super difficult, but, um, you know, there's definitely some stumpers in here, but I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I tried to be as well-rounded as possible. I even threw some sports questions in there for you guys. Oh, so. man.
1: Oh, well, that's all right, Matt. You can still answer them for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, sorry. <laughs> thank you for writing questions. Uh, we, we heard a bunch of your questions on uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, and you did such a wonderful job, and we had to make sure we got you on right away. So thank you.
0: Oh, I appreciate you guys um, asking. It was a great email to get. So thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a very special guest with us today. We've been so excited to have her on. Um, she wrote just a wonderful article um, that we had the privilege of being involved in. If you remember, we did a special stream with our friends at Quiz Quiz Bang Bang um and uh that was last year and it helped raise a lot of money which was great the article was titled one mega trivia episode for black lives matter podcasters around chicagoland lend their skills to raise money and we're just so excited to be in the article to be involved to help out with uh all the fun fundraising and everything but uh, we're we're super happy to have the writer of that article here uh from the chicago tribune and also a chicago native and that is darcel rocket how are you darcel
6: I'm well. I'm well, nice to be included. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big trivia fan, but um, I should be a more of a podcast fan. But again, you guys are bringing me in. So I'm all about it. So um, but you want to know a little bit more about me. I am a, a writer. I've been a writer pretty much my entire life. Um, Chicago Tribune is paying the bills these days, and uh, I like to do a little bit of everything um, that includes uh, writing for entertainment, real estate, lifestyles. Uh, breaking news, anything really that um, kind of piques my interest, I'm all about it. So uh, that's how I came into the triviality universe. So here I am, and please be kind and gentle. (laughs) And uh, I will try to uh, not shame my alma maters and the information that I actually You know, give out. So we'll see what happens.
1: Now, are your alma mater? Sorry, go ahead. The
5: ball is in uh, Jody's court as to whether it will be kind and gentle. That's true.
1: She said it's going to be well rounded. We have we have nothing to do with this. That's true. (laughs) We yeah, don't blame us.
0: All (laughs) Jody. All Jody. (laughs) Don't blame me.
1: Yes, in the news article, it's all Jody.
0: Don't put (laughs) that juju on me. (laughs)
1: Um, So you you spoke of your alma maters. Is that the University of Chicago and Columbia behind you there?
6: Yes. So undergrad, you know, uh, you know, grad school. So. Yeah. Nice, nice, you know, range of, uh, I feel like everybody needs to live in New York city for a little bit. Um, you know, just to see the madness and the greatness of it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I've been like a, you know, a rolling stone, like everywhere I could, like, I haven't lived here. You know, let me find a job. That's where I go. So, been all across the country. Been to London for a while. Oh, um, Neil
4: so, pretends yeah. that he's been to New York and London. <laughs>
1: I, do. I have, I have lived in London. Yeah, I've been in New York quite a bit. So, I, I am right there with you. Um, I don't have the accomplishments of those banners, though, with those great schools. Yeah, but... I'm sorry
5: you had to go to such sh- schools. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get
1: into a good one, huh? Yeah, right. So... <laughs> yeah,
6: well, you know. We do it
1: we can. Uh well, thank you so much for joining us. I know this is going to be your first time on the show and we just appreciate you uh coming and joining our family of of trivia fun, but uh you're going to partner with Jeff today. So, any particular team name for you both? Do, do those schools have mascots?
6: Well, I think this one's a lion, right? And then this is a maroon. So, you got a bird or you got a, a lion?
5: Maroon? Oh, I thought you meant like the color.
6: So, <laughs> <No>, that's Stanford <laughs> there. How, how about a bird. the
1: maroon lions? Well oh, there we
6: go. That's something.
1: Maroon Lions. And Ken, you and I will partner today. Uh so if they're the maroon lions, what would be like the, the more boring the chartreuse the beige house cats? <laughs> <laughs> the
5: chartreuse house cat. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh jeez Yeah. yeah You're have to remember those. To put Matt to work today. Mm-hmm. Maroon Lions and Chartreuse house cats. All right. Thank you to Darren for the wonderful rules. Read, um, Jody. It's uh, your show now. Feel free to take it away.
0: Oh no pressure. <laughs> all right. Uh, so round one, question one. I truthfully wrote this question um, before Meatloaf's passing, but it's going to be a in memoriam because sorry, he passed away after I wrote the question. Um, all right, round one, question one. It's the end of the world as we know it. More famously known for blockbuster action movies, this director and producer also directed the music video for Meat Loaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That.
1: I wrote down two names, Ken. Yeah, I like the first one due to the category name. Yeah, and he directed commercials and whatnot, so I'm assuming he was in that world. Mm-hmm. So let's lock in with that answer.
6: I'm trying to think, Jeff. I want to say it's the guy who did, um, what's the one with the the film with the Bruce Willis Meteor thing? Oh, Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. Who's the director? Is that that a
3: Michael Bay film? Yes. Okay.
6: Okay, thank you.
3: I I would believe
5: that. I mean, he'll do do anything.
6: Yeah, I think so. Right? It's all that.
1: Yeah. That's all I can think of. of But the
5: thing he likes to do the most is put the camera and swivel it around. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) as long as someone said, "It's got real." Yeah. That's all
1: you do. All right. So Michael Bay.
5: I I like Michael Bay as an answer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We uh, we agree. Uh, I remember Michael Bay's, one of his most famous commercials is that Hamilton commercial with Got Milk, if you remember. Um, he directed that, but I know I know he was a music video director, so we also said Michael Bay.
0: Yeah, so the correct answer is Michael Bay. Um, mm. I had no idea he directed music videos. I definitely didn't know he directed that Got Milk ad mm-hmm. that you just mentioned. Aaron Burr. Um, yeah. yeah. If you watch the video and you know it's Michael Bay, it makes perfect sense because it's just completely over the top.
1: And like, I, I just like $18 million that... on pyrotechnics. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just learned that uh, the music video for She's Like the Wind that Patrick Swayze did, David Fincher directed. Wow. What? Yeah, really? isn't that nuts? That's... Yeah. How crazy that's is that being a meatloaf?
0: All right. All right. Good job. Starting off with everyone getting it right, so that's good. All right. Uh, question two. It was always burning. In the early 20th century, when theaters and circuses had a house band, this song by John Philip Sousa, known as the Disaster March, Was played to subtly notify staff of an emergency without alerting the crowd and causing a panic. All
5: right, I see you wrote down one Sousa march, and we can't—we don't really know the names of a lot. I don't either. I know—I know the songs. I don't know the names. All right, that's fine. Yeah, we'll lock in. Yeah,
3: Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem for me too, because the there's one that I'm thinking of, and it's how I always keep like actual time in my head, because most Sousa marches are 120 beats a minute, but I can't can't remember
6: but i can't remember that <laughs> anyway, <I'm
3: sorry. laughs> uh say we'll that. say i don't know he did like so we'll just say um, the military Wait, so march a- or something i don't know march he- of the, the penguins
1: didn't
6: do like the lone ranger or anything did he no like, i the think the that was
1: after one? his time all right okay, so okay. the military march yeah okay yeah and we just said the star-spangled march but Ooh. we don't think that's right he did have a star-spangled one
0: uh it's there's stars. The answer is stars and stripes forever. Oh, that's oh. Oh. Uh, and that is the Which one that
3: goes Right. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I
0: actually uh, learned about that on Stuff You Missed in History class, another cool. great podcast. All right. Lock it down. A doubly landlocked country is a country surrounded entirely by other landlocked countries. There's only two of them in the world. Name one.
5: <sighs> Talk about stuff I always forget. Um,
3: Darcel, um,
5: I got this one if you want to trust me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. good with landlocked countries.
5: So, you wrote down Vatican, that's one of those, um, one of those that's surrounded completely. Mm-hmm. So, those I kind of remember. I remember once Lesotho and Vatican, yeah, whatever. I can't remember the double landlocked ones. So, you want to just say Luxembourg? No, that's not right. Let's say Kazakhstan.
1: Kazakhstan, okay, that's, that's fine right with either,
3: me, but I think you're close. My guess was Uzbekistan.
0: Uh, yep. So it is Uzbekistan, and the other is Liechtenstein. Mm. Um, Uzbekistan is one of I... the ones around Uzbekistan. But so. it
3: touches the Caspian. So You chose well, Darcel.
0: Wow. I, I knew he was going to so know that much. One. <laughs> I should I should write all this stuff
6: down and quiz my colleagues later.
0: All right, so we are on question four. All right, this is a bit of a long one, so I'll definitely repeat it if we need to. Uh, she's a runner. She's a track star. In 1967, Catherine Switzer was the first woman to run this race as an officially registered competitor. At the time, the rules didn't explicitly bar women from competing, but that didn't stop race manager Jock Semple from chasing her down and attempting to tear off her racing bib. What race was this?
1: I think we remember this one, right? I remember learning this fact uh, when we may or may not have been in the area. So, yes, we're gonna lock in.
6: Um, I'm at a complete loss, even though the Olympics is like one week away. Okay. Um, I uh... think she
3: was a marathon runner. If I remember the story about her right, she she like did everything she could to compete and put up like a a stellar time, even like sneaking into the race. Like, so that she could, you know, kind of get in there. And i uh, pretty sure that was at the Boston Marathon. But, yeah, if I remember, I think that's the one. But, yeah, total badass.
6: Okay. I'll stick with that.
5: And we said Boston Marathon.
0: That is correct, is the Boston Marathon. Um, there's a little nuance to it. Women did run in the marathon previous to that. They weren't registered. So, while they were allowed to run along the route, their times didn't count. They weren't recorded. They basically were just along for the ride. Um, Catherine registered under kv switzer um and they just accepted it and so she was the first registered participant she was actually an hour and 10 minutes i believe behind the fastest woman who just wasn't registered because she wasn't allowed at that point. oh wow um and i think it was not until 1974 i believe that women were officially allowed to register and run in the race question five all right check out the big brain on brett weighing more than 20 pounds, the brain of what mammal is the largest of any animal species.
6: Well, wouldn't that just be Jeff wouldn't that just be the elephant?
3: I was trying to think if it was something like that or maybe something I don't know if any whales have large brains. I know I know some of them have smaller ones than you'd think for their body size, but I I'm I'm comfortable doing that actually. I I like that answer.
6: Okay.
3: So we can lock well, that. Are uh,
6: you lock kind of
5: an of
3: elephant? Yeah, well, I think we're going to lock
5: in elephant actually. All right, I am thinking whale family.
1: Yeah, Um, I know that I I just saw something, but I don't think it's uh, relevant. It was that the dolphin brain is bigger than the human brain, but I don't think it's 20 pounds.
5: I mean, I'm not expecting that proportionally the blue whale brain is like bigger Mm -hmm. than like the human brain. However, I bet you just because it's so big. Right. So I would just say the blue whale.
1: Okay, that's fine with me.
5: And uh, you guys going with elephant, right? Yeah.
0: Great, so no points in this one. Um, the answer is actually the sperm whale. So uh, close, but a different whale. I was actually surprised too with the blue whale being the largest. I thought would be that one, but apparently. Well, so the
5: not. sperm whale does have the they're front loaded,
2: a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, of... big <laughs> giant,
0: big <laughs> like giant noggin, big old, heads. Yeah. Big
2: old brain. <laughs> they're the trivia so they're doing fans. They're
6: a lot of whale autopsies. I'm just curious, <laughs> <laughs> just like
0: boom, there's 20 pounds. That's it's a lot of brain for one animal.
4: All right. So All right after five questions, it looks like the Maroon Lions are using their big brains a little bit more than the Chartreuse Housecats uh, with a 30 to 20 lead after five questions.
0: Ready? Everybody's mm-hmm. good? Everybody's yeah. coffeeed up? Yep, go. Right. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, question six. Who's that girl? Uh, credit to my friend Jen for this question. She suggested it and it was a great question, so I decided to use it. This former child star first gave us the creeps in *Return to Oz*, before continuing her reign in the '90s and early 2000s as the go-to goth girl in movies like *The Craft* and *The Waterboy*.
1: We can lock in.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, um, I know this, Jeff. Okay. It's for 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 Rusa Balk, um, I think that's how you say her name.
3: So I, I'm I'm willing to trust you, Darcel. I, I uh, I'm not going to come up with anything better.
6: Yeah, she's a unique kind of uh, actress, so okay. I think I'll stick, that with, yeah, stick with that one.
1: Cool. Yeah, I remember watching her in The Craft on VHS in uh, middle school. Did I you was, have uh, feelings? <laughs> I didn't have feelings, no. I uh, I did think she was great in The Waterboy, though, uh, going up against Kathy Bates. But yeah, we said Faruza Balk as well.
0: Uh, yep, that is Faruza Balk. Um She was always one of my favorites. She is absolutely horrifying in American History X. She is
5: very oh yeah scary i forgot she was in, in that. that i forgot <laughs> about that too yeah not, she's still working up nice. your- no. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. uh, question seven now you know which song on alanis morissette's landmark album jagged little pill actually contains the lyric jagged little pill
6: wouldn't it just be is it something so simple as is literally jagged little pill
3: or no? I don't remember. I know there's a couple really famous songs on this album. Um Ironic is on there, You Ought to Know is on there. Um my I was leaning towards you ought to know for some reason.
6: I want to say the same thing, right? Okay.
5: Yeah. Yeah. If you wanna if you want to go with that, I I think we should say you ought to know. Yeah. I think you once told me the answer to this question in the theater joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: no, no Dave Coulier joke. Cut it out.
1: Uh What's the one that goes you live, you learn, oh, uh, I can't remember the
3: title. You live, you learn. Is it just you live, you learn. Okay, I don't live? Know. Left, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll
1: go with that one.
0: So you're saying you live, you learn? Yeah. Uh so yeah, close enough. The answer is you learn. Uh that's the name oh, of the
1: song. Oh wow. Yeah. I about listened about that to this one. album so much in college that I, I think it was in the back of the, my mind somewhere. Well, mm-hmm. there was like
3: four like hit singles off that album. It was huge. And it's mm-hmm. good musical as well. Yeah.
0: Uh right. Question eight: Stairway to Heaven, played by two different actors and often seen holding a basketball. What was the name of Richie Cunningham's older brother who went upstairs at the end of season two of Happy Days and was never seen or heard from again?
4: <laughs> <laughs> him, and, him and him uh, and cousin oh, Oliver okay. hanging out, right?
0: That's... Mm-hmm. And, I uh, have no idea. Judy from Family Judy, Family. yeah. <laughs> 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 What's, it? What's that show? Family Matters.
3: Yeah. Michael Cunningham. Uh. Honestly, it could be any regular dude name. Randall Cunningham. <laughs> Randall Cunningham. <laughs>
1: uh,
6: I got. I have nothing. Uh, let's just let's just go with Michael.
1: Michael, it is. So according to your clue, when you said no playing stairway to heaven, at first I thought I was thinking of Wayne's World. I was like, there's no way Dana Carvey played his older brother on Happy Days. But I was like, maybe that's the answer. But if we need the character name, then I think it's either going to be Jimmy for Jimmy Page or Robert for Robert Plant. Richie Jimmy both have an I at the end, so I'm gonna say it's Jimmy Cunningham.
0: I feel bad because I feel like I led you wrong with my title. Um, so the answer is Charles or Chuck Cunningham. Oh
6: crap! I saw I said that. I had it ahead of my mind. Why didn't I say it?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he went upstairs and he never came back down again. So he's straight ahead. Charles. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> no, you were right. Is a generic white man name. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> 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 All right, uh question nine. Lost treasure. Thought to be the most valuable stolen object in the world, this painting by Vermeer was cut from its frame and taken from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in March of 1990.
5: All right, well, we got a Vermeer, so let's just say it. Okay, <laughs> we're locked in.
0: At this point, Jeff, any Vermeer
6: I, anywhere. I
3: think Girl <laughs> with the Pearl Earring is a Vermeer, so... That's what I want to go with, but I'm so bad at this one. I always goof it up. So uh, that's what we'll guess. Fingers crossed.
1: Okay.
6: All right, fingers crossed.
1: We said we we thought it could be the girl with the uh, pearl earring, but we just don't think that was ever stolen. Ken wrote, uh, "What was the one you wrote?" There's one that I remember was like
5: really expensive, like uh, Christ of the World. Mm-hmm. Oh, Salvador
1: world. Mundi. Yeah, Salvador. Mundi. Um, but yeah. for some reason, I remember hearing a lot of stories about the Night Watchman, and I don't know if I'm just correlating it because I think it has like a policeman they in there could have used the night watch exactly <laughs> but I, maybe it's ironic and and thieves sometimes can be mm. ironic that's uh, why that was part of the lyrics mm. of ironic <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's why yeah Alanis more said huge vermeer fan so we went the mm. night watchman
0: uh no points in this one uh the name of the painting is the concert um one of the reasons it's so valuable is because i think there's like five figures in the painting where vermeer usually only has one or two um and this painting along with all of the others that were stolen were never recovered. So it's still missing.
1: Oh, well, how how crazy would it be if we're just sitting here and we happen to look behind Jody as she's reading the questions and it's like right there.
0: (laughs) there. (laughs) I do live in the, I have, I've been to the museum. I've seen the, uh, the empty frames where the, the paintings were, um, the museum can't be changed after, uh, Isabella's will was that it has to stay the same so when the paintings were stolen they just left the frames up so you can go up and you can see the frame with the painting like actually cut out of it oh wow crazy yeah uh question 10 last question in the round uh jack of all trades known for works like the weary blues and his novel not without laughter this leader of the Harlem Renaissance was a pioneer of jazz poetry wrote a weekly column for the Chicago Defender and was a founder of the magazine *Fire*.
1: I think that's right. Okay. We'll lock in. yes. Uh, I don't
3: know. I mean, I know some of his other accomplishments, but the first one, the one that comes to mind, I don't want to put thoughts in your head, but Langston Hughes, I don't know if that's a possibility here.
6: I was going to say, but James Baldwin, but I don't think he ever wrote like, in, in, in like newspapers and things. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah. Um, and poetry though. Okay. All right. Let's just stick with it. <laughs> Sounds good. You see, this is, I'm going these cycles and I'm like, I should know this, but okay, go ahead.
5: So you guys are going with Langston Hughes. And uh, we said the same.
1: I think he's a Columbia graduate, too, by the way. little connection today.
0: See? Uh, Yep, correct answer is Langston Hughes. Um, He was, from what I could see, basically all of the Midwest. He moved a million times, so it it didn't really seem like he had too much of a a home base. um, But he did end up in Chicago at one point. Uh, He's just one of my favorites. Really like him. Great. Great guy.
4: All right. Well, after an exciting first round, we are right back where we started. It is 50 for the Maroon Lions versus 50 for the Chartreuse House Housecats. Uh, before we get on to the swing round today, uh, Jody is a Patreon member. We appreciate her so much. Uh, one of the perks,
1: obviously, she got to be on the show. What are some of the other perks you get, Neil? Uh, Well, first and foremost, you get a ton of extra audio content. Uh, We're doing two bonuses a month. You get one that's uh, more trivia focused, which is uh, about 15 to 20 questions where we kind of play as a team to recreate that pub trivia experience since we don't really get to go to trivia anymore. And the other one is a crop drop, which is an ask me anything style uh, bonus where you can just ask us the most embarrassing questions and we will answer them because we are legally obligated to.
4: Uh, That is how it works. You give us money. We answer your dumb questions
1: and we love it so much. (laughs) Uh, But on top of that, there's posters, uh, stickers, uh, gift boxes, all that good stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, you can join for as little as $1 a month. I almost said a day like I was used to, but I caught myself. (laughs) Yep, just feed a podcaster
4: $1 a day. Uh, So, again, just check check us out at patreon.com slash triviality to sign up today. All right, after that, we're going to send it back to Jody for today's swing round. What do you have for us today?
0: All right. So I'm gonna give a list of fifteen names and for five points apiece, we just need to know if it is the name of a drag queen, a nail polish color, or a Kentucky Derby winner.
5: Okay. So fifteen.
0: Yes, fifteen questions or All fifteen right. names rather. Um a lot, a and lot I'm points looking,
5: up for grabs, good.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking for the name of the horse in the Kentucky Derby, by the way, not the the jockey or anything like that. The actual horse. Okay. All right. So number one, we have Unicorn Puke. Number two, cake hole. <laughs> Number three, thunder gulch. Number four, milk. Number five, black onyx. Number six, Mimi. I'm first. Number seven, pink star. Number eight, scallywag. Number nine, violet tchotchke. Number 10, California chrome. Number 11, Amazon Amazon. Number 12, Silver Charm. Number 13, Coco Montrese. 14, Foolish Pleasure. And 15, Head of Lettuce.
1: All right, we'll think these over and be right back.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty.
1: This is Face Off, an eight
3: part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous US China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a US admiral, even Yo Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face Off launches.
1: So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a Surge, and
4: walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.
5: All right, and we are back. Uh, Quick deliberation because we kind of had to go off the gut with these, but let's see how we did. Five points apiece, 15 questions, lots of points at stake.
0: All right, so number one, we have Unicorn Puke.
5: Uh, for this one, we said that was nail polish. We agree. We said nail polish.
0: All right, correct. It is nail polish. It is by Colt Nail Polish. Uh, number two, we have Cake Hole.
5: That seems like a horsey.
3: We said Drag Queen.
0: Oh, no points on this one. That is also a nail polish. and uh, is by Butter London. Uh, number three, this is my personal favorite out of the entire list. Thunder Gulch. Uh,
5: also horsey. We said horse.
0: Yep, that is a horse. That is the 1995 Derby winner. Uh, let's see, number four, Milk. M I L K.
5: So that's nail polish. As did we.
0: That is a drag queen. Oh. Uh, milk is you. very pale and goes by Milk. Uh, number five, Black Onyx.
5: This one we said drag queen. We agree.
0: This is a nail polish. Uh, this is. OPI is One Coat Black. <gasps> I should have known that. Simple, simple as that.
3: <laughs> I've seen that in the store. <laughs>
0: uh, right, number six, Mimi, I'm First.
5: We said horsey. We said horse, too.
0: This is a drag queen. Uh, Mimi was eliminated from RuPaul's Drag Race after picking up and spinning around another contestant during the final lip sync.
5: You can't do that. Mm-hmm. No,
3: no, we're, not allowed to pick. Were people. they eliminated first? Hence the name.
0: Uh, very close to it. If it wasn't first, it was very early on. You can't
4: do that in racing either. They would also be no. disqualified.
0: Yeah, you can't pick up the horse and run with it. Uh, see. Number seven, Pink Star.
3: So that's a drag queen? Wow, this is very uh, familiar sounding. We said drag queen.
0: That is the 1907 Kentucky Derby winner.
4: <laughs> this has gone downhill.
0: What is going on? I do
3: kind of like how wrong we are, though. <laughs> it's kind of reassuring.
0: Yeah. <sighs> You yeah, there's a 1 in 3 chance for each one, so this is we're beating the odds here. All right. Uh number 8, scallywag.
5: Nail polish?
3: Ooh, we said horse.
0: That is a nail polish. Uh that is also by Butter London. It's a very nice bluish green. Uh all right, number 9. I think this one was deliberated a little bit here. Violet Chachki.
1: It's the only one I knew. And I believe it's a Uh-oh. drag queen. So that
3: means it's not a nail polish. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I like I like Neil on my paper. I wrote queen, and you crossed it out and wrote drag. I didn't. I, I thought you wrote horse. I wasn't
1: paying attention. Yeah. Uh,
0: that is a drag queen, Violet Chachi. She is absolutely stunning. Uh, number ten, California Chrome.
5: Uh, that's definitely a horse. Yeah, we knew this one was a Derby winner.
0: Yep, that is the 2014. That one was fairly recent. Uh, number 11 another one of my favorites amazon Amazon.
5: you said that's got to be a queen yeah we said drag queen
0: that is a nail polish also (laughs) by opi oh man uh number 12 silver charm
5: so that's a nail polish yeah we said nail polish that is a
0: 1997 kentucky derby winner coco montrese
3: so that's a drag queen yeah pretty sure this is a drag queen
0: That is a drag queen, famously known for being too orange. All right. uh, Number 14, Foolish Pleasure.
5: Said that's a horse. Uh, We too said horse.
0: 1975 Derby winner. And last but not least is Head of Lettuce.
5: We said that's nail polish. And we agree.
0: That is a drag queen.
5: Oh. Oh.
6: Wait a minute. How do you introduce yourself as head of lettuce? Uh,
0: I will say it is spelled Hedda, H-E-D-D-A. Hedda oh, lettuce. and Hedda hopper. Wait, La- okay. I don't know. She is a pretty old school queen. She's been around for a while, so maybe she's one of the older ones. But yep, head lettuce is a drag queen.
5: All right. Well, with seven correct on our side, we did beat the odds. And us, because we got five correct.
0: So oh, we were okay.
4: actually right met on par. the odds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so after that swing round, we get a little bit of separation. The house cats up eighty-five to the lions seventy-five.
0: All right. So round two, question one: If you're not first, you're last. Chicago is known as the second city, but what is the second largest city in Illinois? For a bonus five points, what is the second largest city in my home state of Massachusetts?
5: I know. I know the second largest city in Illinois. Is it by
1: area?
0: I, think I believe it was both population. population and area, actually. I, I think I checked and it was both.
6: Is it, Jeff, do you think it's, um, yeah, What's is it Peoria? No.
3: For me, it's a coin flip. I don't know if it's Rockford or uh, Aurora now. I mean, that, that area is getting pretty big.
6: Um, I'll leave that to you, Jeff.
3: Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know a couple other cities, but they're pretty small. I mean, Salem's not very big foxborough is where they play the footballs and um <laughs>
6: uh, yeah I, I get nothing so whatever you throw out there I'll, okay I'll, I'll close um out. well we're gonna go with uh
3: aurora and uh foxborough massachusetts just for no reason
5: all right i'm pretty confident in aurora and what do we think for mass
1: I thought maybe it was kind of a trick question, and I know there's a lot of students in Cambridge, so we said Cambridge.
0: Mm. Right. Uh, so I did just double check. Um, Aurora is correct by both land size and population, so it's the second largest city in Chicago. Um, second largest city in Massachusetts is Worcester. Worcester. Ah, mm. uh,
5: Worcester. I thought uh, that yeah. was part of
3: Boston. Like the Boston yeah. area? Like a suburb oh, or something? Worcester
0: is like an hour and a half outside Boston, hour. It's oh, okay. uh, like right in the middle. Uh, Worcester is home of H. John Benjamin and the Smiley Face. Oh, my God. That's pretty much all we got. Oh my
5: God. Oh my I once God. went to a Smash Brothers lie. tournament
4: in Worcester, Massachusetts. Did you really?
5: Yeah. How did you, how did
4: you do? Uh, I did not do well. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Waste of time. Flew all the way out there just for that. That's oh. not true.
0: All right. Um, let's see. Question two, round two. Let's talk about Gabriel. Disney's newest hit Encanto takes place in Colombia and has themes of magical realism, a literary genre in which fantastical elements exist in ordinary settings. The most famous example of magical realism is this novel by Gabriel Garcia Marquez.
5: Elected.
1: Oh good. Okay, cuz I I just researched this like a couple weeks ago and I completely forgot about it. I thought it. that was by
3: J.K. Rowling. <laughs> when I when I think of Gabriel Garcia Marquez novels. The first one that comes to mind is, um, the first and only one that comes to
0: mind. <laughs> well, let's be real. Uh,
3: a hundred years of solitude, um, which won the, um, Nobel prize in literature, um, which I read and it was the hardest book I've ever read. Um, not you because s- it's you've not... said that about a few, you books. said that about good night moon though. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but no, I uh, uh, that one just uh, catches me up because the characters. But um, really, really good book, and like I said, um, probably for sure his most famous novel. Um, the other one, um, smart Alex. Who don't think I know a second one would be Love in the Time of Cholera. But um, yeah, I'm, I want to go with A uh, Hundred Years of Solitude, if that's okay.
6: Okay.
1: For the record, when she said Encanto, I haven't seen it, but my niece has seen it, and all she kept talking about was that song called Bruno, and I was like, it's going to be Bruno, and it was not.
3: Mm. And I, I was I was <laughs> so. glad it wasn't an Encanto question because it's been in my queue for a while, and I am i haven't gotten to it yet.
5: And uh, I am now a substitute teacher, and that book is laying around one of the classrooms I was subbing in, so luckily I knew it was 100 Years of Solitude.
0: Uh, yep, 100 Years of Solitude is correct. Uh, Encanto is great. You guys should absolutely watch it mm-hmm. if you haven't. Um, it very much has that, that vibe of ordinary setting with crazy magical things happening and everyone just accepts it. It's just totally normal in this world. So it's great. kind of like our
3: podcast. I was 50, 50. If it was going to be an Isabella
0: question. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Question three. See you later alligator. This 1999 action comedy monster movie stars Bridget Fonda, Bill Pullman, Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt and featured Betty White as the foul mouthed Dolores Bickerman whose out of control pet was terrorizing a small town in Maine.
1: Great movie. We're locked in. Oh, movie. Great um, movie. <laughs> Brave review, says Neil
0: Fisher. Neil's
3: twenty-three year removed review.
6: Um so Jeff, it was um again, it's the it's in a big alligator. Um, you know, that uh, Betty White feeds and it grows to be giganto, you know, basically in this and it just, okay. just keeps eating people. But I, I for the life of me i can't remember the name of the film is it just some? is it it's not just called gator or something it's not like it could be
3: i mean that sounds hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i would you know what or, you sold like, me just it's, on it's that not either
6: gator or croc i don't know like
3: you were, you were Again, saying alligator it's... earlier so it could be a gator but
6: okay then yeah let's it's yeah it's in that
3: okay in that space
6: yeah. Doing Ultraman now. Okay, so let's the Gator. <laughs>
1: Perfect. We're gonna we're gonna say Gator. What's great about this movie is that the plot line is about a giant alligator eating the members of the 1980 United States hockey team. Uh, so we said Lake Placid.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh. yeah. It is Lake Placid. Yes, that's correct. Um, I watched it recently and I just, the cast is so stacked and I didn't realize as a kid how many amazing actors are in that movie. But yeah, Betty White is feeding uh, whole cows to the, the crocodile by the end of the movie and she's very upset when they come to try to take her, her pet away. So,
6: had to nobody, include a Betty White. Nobody messes with Betty White. Yeah. It's like the
1: it's a great movie in that section of like employee picks. You get, you know, Lake Placid and then you get Anaconda, Dante's Peak, Congo, Volcano, Congo. It's just great. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, obligatory sports question. On November 1st, 1946, this team defeated the Toronto Huskies 68 to 66 to become the first team to win an NBA game. Any fan taller than Toronto center George Nostrand was allowed into the game for free.
5: I remember this story. Let's just pick an early basketball team.
6: I mean, you're assuming that they're still like around after 1946, right? So yeah.
3: I was thinking this is gonna be like a big name team, like the Knicks or someone we've heard of.
6: Oh, I don't know. Can we Harlem Globetrotters? Uh-huh. Were oh. they uh, Were they an NBA team? I pro- probably not. But okay, He's just
4: spinning cool. it on his finger, just take it from him.
3: You know what? I, we're not. We got like a one in thirty
5: chance, anyways. So we can say Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> All right, we picked the old timeiest sounding
1: team name: the Knickerbockers. <laughs>
0: uh that is correct the new york knicks oh the no wow yeah uh i did purposely make a question with a team that was still around so it wasn't some obscure team that doesn't exist anymore like the toronto huskies okay uh question five come on debuting in 1972 and featuring content created almost entirely by children this educational TV show encouraged kids to write to P.O. Box 350, Boston, Mass., 02134.
3: You speak hubby-dubby? I do speak w. dubby uh, Zoom. How about that by what by Um, Are you The Sims? What's going on here? <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, um, was
3: Zoom a big part of your... Uh...
6: Not really. I, like, I'm, I'm aware, like, consciously yeah. in the back of my head, but, like... That is one thing I did not watch.
3: No, I was I was a PBS kid. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so I think it's Zoom.
6: Okay, I'll stick with that.
1: All right. You don't think it's the conjunction junction whatever? No. Mm, I okay. know my function, Neil. <laughs> All right. I'll trust you that.
0: Just confidently shut down that uh, that alternative. Uh so you guys are going with Zoom? Zoom. Yep, the answer is Zoom.
4: After five questions, the Chartreuse Cats have their claws out going five for five in that <laughs> round, uh, bringing the score up to 134. Uh, the Lions being a little bit lazy over there, uh, only getting three out of five, bringing their score to 105. So 135 to 105, heading into the back half of the second
3: round. You got to save up that energy to pounce, Matt. So. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> All right. Question six. You plus me equals us. Developed in the 17th century by Isaac Newton, this branch of mathematics is the study of continuous change. Its name in Latin means "small pebble."
4: There is no way that we had a together reference on back-to-back episodes of this <laughs> stupid show. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe it. Sometimes thought... the world
3: just <laughs> coalesces in interesting ways. Uh, wow.
6: Um, I uh, it's not relativity. I
3: th- I think it's, a, um, something I was very bad in at, at school, which was calculus. Oh, okay. Um,
6: well, like all of math for me. So <laughs> it's just kind of like, <laughs> just all science. However, I was like, you know, straight A student.
3: Yeah, I was, I was good with that stuff, except for physics because it relied on calculus.
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go with calculus.
3: Yes. I, I'm pretty sure Newton was a inventor of that. Um, uh, well, maybe co-inventor Leibniz might have done it, whatever. But we're going to say uh, calculus.
5: Yep, we said calculus too. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it is calculus. I'm glad someone else that listens to the show is a together fan as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, literally the last episode
1: we recorded two had, episodes
5: uh, in a row, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> it's the new bowling for soup. <laughs> Thank
5: God because we needed a new
3: bowling
1: yeah, for we soup. we need a new one.
0: We needed a new uh, horse to beat today.
5: From <laughs> sure. now on, from now on, we're instituting a Bowling for Soup fine. <laughs> so if you mention Bowling for Soup and you're not already a $50 patron, you have uh, to. <laughs> it's the
1: troll tone. Or
4: if you're in Bowling for Soup.
1: That, I guess that's okay then.
4: Yeah. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah, the only way your fine goes away is if you convince a member from Bowling for Soup to be on the show.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it's like a jinx.
1: Yeah. I keep tagging them on Twitter, so
5: fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> they have to listen eventually, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> or block you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Question seven. Someone cue Unchained Melody. After taking up pottery as a hobby, this actor and writer known for his distinctive laugh launched Houseplant.com, where he sells a $350 ashtray and a five and a half pound lighter, among other things.
1: We're
4: locked in. I love how confident Neil was, as you were saying. This <laughs> He's is like, oh, uh, is Definitely. <laughs> yeah, of
5: course. <laughs>
6: That was like extremely fast, Neil. So, that I don't know, is that he's, great or is that unnerving? He's hes terrifying. It's okay.
4: <laughs> he's a pottery aficionado. Um, <laughs>
3: Life lighters, lighters and ashtrays. I mean, is it too much to say that this sounds like a Tommy Chong thing? Because I feel like he'd be all oh, into this
5: business.
6: I could see that.
3: Oh, Cheech has a distinctive laugh, too. <laughs>
5: it's the marijuana that gives
1: it
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's just the secret all along
1: the higher he gets the I, more I he think, talks about I think uh, nash kept, bridges
3: yeah i say i think cheech kept busy acting though i guess tommy chong was on that 70s show but
6: so you just want to stick with uh tommy chong okay
3: i like i like that if that's good
6: gotcha cool sounds good
1: <laughs> seth rogan oh no <laughs> it's still
0: the a, marijuana that makes the still, that is an interesting seth rogan impression uh yes the answer is seth rogan um uh, the pieces are beautiful i will say they are very interesting i don't know that i'd pay 350 dollars for a, an ashtray even if seth rogan himself did make it um but credit to my friend sarah for that question she is a potter shout out to love and motion ceramics Um, and she, apparently he is like, uh, kind of blown up in the pottery scene as like the, uh, celebrity, like representation of their hobby. So, Wow. All right. Question number eight. The Canyon is a lie. Despite its name, this national park named for the Mormon settler who homesteaded the area is not a Canyon, but a collection of natural amphitheaters.
3: The only two national parks I can think of that have Canyon in the name our grand canyon which i think was in the question and bryce canyon and that fits to me just because it sounds like it could be named after someone but i don't i don't have anything better on that
6: um
3: but yeah i don't know about red rock i'm not i'm not too familiar with that
6: i mean am i like i don't know i know it's as soon as you say it's that's it but um let's just go with uh it's not red is it red rocks let's just go with red rocks okay we'll go with red rock
5: All right. Well, I was thinking that maybe we wanted to use the word cake in there just because the canyon is a lie and the cake is a lie, but couldn't really work that in. So we're saying Red Rocks because that is a natural amphitheater.
0: Oh, so close. Uh, It was actually said it's Bryce Canyon. Mm. Uh, I was hoping the Mormon would give away that it's in Utah. um, So not the Grand Canyon, but yeah, it is Bryce Canyon. Uh, My partner is named after Bryce Canyon. So Bryce, when you listen to this. (laughs) All right, we are on uh, question nine. Murphy in the evening. Who was the first woman to host SNL on November 8th, 1975? She was also the first person to host the show twice when she appeared again on December 20th of the same year.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I I think that's right. All Mm -hmm. right, we're locked in.
6: Um, It wouldn't be, there's no way it would be Gilda, would it?
3: I don't think so. When she said Murphy in the evening, it made me think of Murphy Brown, which I think I know Candace Bergen hosted a couple times.
6: Yeah, but was she an SNL person?
3: No, I th- she just hosted like just I. Th- oh, okay. Yeah, she was one of she hosted like a couple times. I think she's part of the like the five timers club now or something like that. But
6: okay, we'll stick with
3: that. Okay, we're Darcel and I are gonna lock in Candace Bergen.
1: Yep, Uh, we were just watching the uh, Seinfeld episode where Kramer works uh, in the office on Murphy Brown, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, We also said Candace Bergen.
0: Uh, Yep, the answer is Candace Bergen. Uh, Murphy in the Morning was the name of her show on Murphy's. uh, What was the name of the show now? Murphy Brown. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Totally blanked. Uh, yeah, so she was the first woman to host and the first person to host twice. I didn't look up how many times she hosted total, but I think it was a few more times after that. Yeah, I think oh. she
3: was right around five, if not over that mark. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, and question number 10, last question in round two. She's simply the best. Speaking of first women, who was the first woman and the first Black artist to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone in November of 1967? She appeared on the cover a total of nine times most recently in two thousand
1: five. We can lock it over here. Yep.
6: Well, it has to be Tina Turner, right? I mean I would I
3: that's a great answer. I would think so, yeah.
6: Um, because I can't imagine anybody being that popular.
3: Right. And if it was
6: nineteen sixty seven, I don't think somebody like Janet or anything like that would Nah. It's gotta be Tina.
3: Yeah, if going all the way back to the 60s, Tina Turner sounds like a good answer.
1: So, we'll lock that in. Rolling Down the Stone. Uh we said Tina Turner.
0: Uh yeah, that is Tina Turner, correct. Right. A long career from 1967 to
4: 2005. All right, after two rounds, we have the Chartreuse House Cats with 175 picking up a ton of points in that second round. And then the maroon house... Oh, nope, they're not house cats. They're lions. The maroon lions are at 135, so it's anybody's game going into the final. Oh, Matt, were you looking at chartreuse on your phone? I wanted to see what color it was. It's some kind of green.
1: <laughs> green cats versus red cats. Oh, it's a green? I always mistake it for a pink for some reason. It is not.
4: Why. It is a green.
6: So it's head of lettuce. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a unicorn puke. Matt's
3: new uh, drag queen name, chartreuse cat. Yeah, Mm
4: -hmm. chartreuse or consequence.
5: All right, let's see if we can get these uh, (laughs) final round categories and not blow it, Neil. All
0: right, final round, go, go, Power Rangers. Your categories are red, pink, blue, black, and yellow.
5: And as we place these uh, bets, I'm just thumbing through Neil's book here, um, getting some advice as to how to bet, and I think we know what we're going to do. But actually, um, now that I've completed your book, I don't have hemorrhoids. That's true. I <laughs> didn't before, but I still don't. I'm not sure if it's because of the book or not, but just saying. Well, there is a there is a nebulas.
1: a great ingredient inside all the pages. It's made of uh, smushed preparation H. <laughs> oh god! So I'm,
5: all I'm saying is the
1: book is at least
5: equally as medicinal as Himalayan salt lamps.
1: No, that's true, and actually, it's a good segue because the way is that the, what book... the H stands for. <laughs> The way the book is designed, it's called uh, Being Patrick Swayze, Essential Teachings for the Master of Mullet. Um, It breaks down Patrick Swayze's career into five elements, which I call Fung Swayze. Uh, And each element talks about how he was an action star, how he was a romantic lead, his uh, conservation efforts, and a bunch of things like that. And just a little preview here for Matt. uh, The second element in appreciating Swayze is called Pure Adrenaline. And the chapters uh, in that section are The Swayze Method, Blood, Sweat, Tears, and Stunts, Sweatin' Like Swayze, The Workout for Ken, uh, if you want to work out. And then for Matt, the official Roadhouse drinking game, which includes recipes that I myself, who don't mm-hmm. drink, created. So hopefully they are okay. Just <laughs> shots of Malort. There's Malort in there, kind of, uh, and some gold schnapps. Uh, oh, perfect. And then a uh, connect the Swayze artwork. So if you want to be an artist, you can connect uh, all of his abs and, and muscles. So, um, there you go. Yeah, and th- this episode is going to air right before a promo code is going to end. So if you'd like 30% off, go to TrivialityPodcast.com slash Swayze, and um, you can go to the publisher, get 30% off. And I'll sign your book if you want. Just email me at beingpatrickswayzee uh, at gmail.com, and I'll send a book. Last chance. Last Last chance,
5: folks. Get the code in. Yep. All right. Our wages are also in. Let's get the questions.
0: All right. So final round, question one, Red. A video featuring this song from Taylor Swift's Red album and a screaming goat went viral in 2013. (laughs) Pink, launched in 2003 and aimed at younger consumers, Pink is a division of this elusive lingerie brand. Blue, the Blue Danube is the second longest river in Europe. Within two, how many countries does the river flow through? Black, known as Black Tuesday, October 29th of what year saw 16 million shares traded in one day and signaled the beginning of the Great Depression? In yellow, In the 1968 movie Yellow Submarine, the Beatles are recruited by the Lord Mayor of Pepperland to help defeat this group of music-hating jerks.
5: All right. Those are the questions. We'll be right back with hopefully the correct answers.
1: Hey there. I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever
2: you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.
5: <laughs> That's why his palms don't sweat anymore either That's right, and it's not surgery He used to have clammy uh, clammy palms, mm-hmm. but now he's good um, But we have our answers, so let's get the questions one more time
0: All right, so question one is Red, a video featuring this song from Taylor Swift's Red album and a screaming goat went viral in 2013
5: All right, we bet 30 on this one and we uh, chose the classic uh, We Are Never Getting Back Together Never Getting Back Together Whatever that one's called, yeah
3: um, for 15, uh, we said, I knew you were trouble or rather I knew you were insert
1: goat's cream here. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, the correct answer is I knew you were trouble. Correct.
1: I combined two of her songs into one. <laughs> this is not good, Neil. <laughs> oh no.
0: All right. Uh, second question. We'll Pink get it back. Laun- Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Launched in 2003 and aimed at a younger consumers. Pink is a division of this elusive lingerie brand
1: uh yeah ken um wasn't sure on this one and i just you know pulled down my pants a little bit said pink on the back and i said hey it's victoria's secret for, for 30. 30 for 30 it's
4: points neil's secret
1: <laughs> i think the secret's out uh <laughs>
3: darcel and i we've got 15 on this one and the rest of them and uh we said on victoria's secret is that right
0: yep all right that is correct the answer is victoria's secret all right. uh next we have blue the blue danube is the second longest river in europe Within two, how many countries does the river flow through?
5: Goodness, who knows? Uh, for another 30 points, we said eight. Uh, for 15, uh, we're going to one-up you. We said nine.
0: All right, both teams getting points. The answer is 10.
5: Um, I can live with that.
0: <laughs> both of them, too. That's all that counts. All right. Uh, next we have Black, known as Black Tuesday, October twenty-ninth of what year? Saw sixteen million shares traded in one day and signaled the beginning of the Great Depression.
5: Another thirty on the table. We said nineteen twenty-nine.
0: Yep. We we said twenty-nine as well.
5: How many points? Fifteen.
0: Yeah, that's correct, nineteen twenty-nine. The end end of the Roaring Twenties. And last but not least, uh, we have Yellow. In 1968 movie Yellow Submarine, the Beatles are recruited by the Lord Mayor of Pepperland to help defeat this group of music-hating jerks.
5: Yeah, a movie definitely not inspired by psychedelics. Um, <laughs> again, 30 points. Neil had it. And also the name of a ska band.
1: Yeah, that's right. We we went with the Blue Meanies.
3: Oh, wow.
6: Yeah, that is not our answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we went with something salty or something in the salt realm.
3: Seawater? Well, I figure if the if the mayor's salt. pepper or something,
1: they had to be Himalayan sea salt. Mm.
0: <laughs> uh, the correct answer is blue meanies.
1: I've actually <laughs> never seen the entire movie, but I, I knew that just from like the small clips that I saw. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm high enough to watch that.
4: It's also the name of a wrestler. I didn't know that's where it comes from. Oh. So
6: were they like the Smurfs or something?
4: They kind but of look meaner. like Smurfs.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> mean snurfs. Okay. Truthfully, I have not seen the movie. Okay. Sober. So, I I don't remember. <laughs> I have seen it a couple of times. Okay.
4: All right, after the final round, the scores are all in uh, with a very respectable 180 points the Maroon Lions coming in second today, but they could not top the perf- almost perfect round of the final Betting 30 good wagers there for the Chartreuse House Cats. Coming up with 265 to be today's cream of the crop. The
5: cream was at the top? Oh yeah. Meow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we finally—that's our, that's our cheer. Meow, <laughs> <Our laughs> <cheer. laughs> <laughs> We finally got one. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, it's been—it's been a long time actually. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, great competitors Congrats. and awesome. uh, great questions too. Those were awesome questions.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jody yeah that was thank you i'm glad you guys like them it's very hard to judge when you're writing them how easy or hard they are um and especially to get out of your own wheelhouse because if it was me these would every single one of them would be like pop culture mm-hmm. so uh thanks for having me on this was actually wicked fun thank you so much
5: thank you for joining us and uh any final thoughts
0: uh i think pretty much everybody's covered the whole like get vaccinated get boosted thing um I just want to say the the holidays are over. A lot of people give and volunteer and donate during the holidays. And then when the holidays end, that sort of dries up a little bit. Um, So if you can keep giving, keep volunteering, keep helping out. Um, A lot of people need just, you know, a helping hand right now. So try to do what you can do.
6: Yeah.
5: You got to give. That's
1: right.
0: (laughs) Right on. uh,
5: Darcel. thank you for joining us and being an excellent competitor today. Put out quite a fight. Uh, Any final words from you?
6: Uh no, I I'm good. It's been fun, you guys, and and like I said, making me stretch those muscles that I don't stretch enough apparently. But I'm um, <laughs> sorry, like you know, I put bring the, I brought down you know Jeff's whole curve here. Oh so, no, you're good. I, you know, <laughs> I, I apologize. Uh...
3: You know, I, I had I didn't have a good feeling going into this one. You know, uh, you don't you don't win three in a row very often. Yeah,
4: Jeff used up all his right answers in the last game. That's so. right. Yeah.
3: So so the, suck it, Jeff. On the heels of this recording, you know, Tom Brady couldn't go three for
1: three. Neither can uh, I. So so w- where can uh, people find your your writing, Darcell?
6: Oh yeah, uh, do uh, support local journalism. um dot com, and uh, just look for Darcell Rocket one L two T's. And uh, if you get tired of reading my stuff, you can always check out my brother. He's a professional wrestler, Marche Rocket. Um, he's making the rounds. And, uh, yeah, we like to keep it interesting in the Rocket household. So uh, Didn't even awesome. need to change
1: his name to become a professional <laughs> yeah, wrestler. <that's laughs> such, a, such a solid name. <laughs> he's invited on the show because exactly. we're a big wrestling show as well. So maybe he'll come on and do some wrestling trivia or something.
6: Oh, absolutely. Just let me know when and we'll hook you up. It'll all happen.
3: that will be awesome.
4: All right, so that'll do it for today's game. Uh, once again, thanks to our guests, Jody and Darcel. Thanks to Ken, Neil, and Jeff. Uh, this was Triviality. My name is Matt. I did that in the wrong order. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here's the difference so behind us is a poster of patrick swayze that's that's our brain waves here and and behind our cell is a great picture of amanda gorman there a beautiful illustration so you know who's who's in the right area here. um well thank hey, they...
6: you never put patrick swayze in a corner you know that's yeah. right yeah. We, he, he is a little
4: too close to the corner over here to be honest <laughs> we, we're really close to putting him at the corner we are